You're listening to the Morphology Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Morphology Podcast. Hey, if you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast and give it a thumbs up if it's deserving. It helps me out a lot. And a quick shout out to Simmons Electric, our newest sponsor. Since 2004, they have been doing residential and commercial wiring, whole house generator installations, and so much more. Their slogan is, small business, big results. And Simmons Electric is a huge supporter of Iowa Bike Trails and Lamba, a local mountain biking nonprofit. AKA Murph here to share interviews about biking experiences from cyclists who have pedaled to places all over. Each week we will get to know new people and explore new destinations to ride your bike. As you listen to these adventures, you may wonder, why haven't I done that yet? Today is all about the Wabash Trace Nature Trail. This unpaved, crushed limestone rail trail stretches 63 miles through scenic southwest Iowa countryside, starting in Council Bluffs, Iowa, and passes through some great communities including Mineola, Silver City, Malvern, Imogene, Shenandoah, Coyne, and Blanchard. Most of the trail is lined with a tree canopy, and this rail trail includes over 70 bridges. On the podcast this week, you will hear from a couple of the founders of this privately owned trail who remain very active in keeping everything maintained, and you'll also hear from one of the participants in the recent Birds and Bees supported ride I did with the charter service called Pork Belly Ventures. Here we go. All right. Well, on the podcast today, we have not only Bill, but also Bill. Hey, guys. Hi. <laughs> How are you, Murph? I'm Hi. good. I'm good. Okay. So we've, we've got Bill Danforth and Bill Hillman. And I met these two characters when I was on the Wabash Trace, which is a bike trail in uh, southern Iowa, and found out that these two were founders and are a big part of why the Wabash Trace exists. So I wanted to have them on the podcast. And I believe there are a few beers involved when we agreed to talk. But guess what? Here they are. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I should um, point out that we were at The Depot, which was a pretty cool restaurant that I found out that one of the Bills who are on today is the owner. Yeah, we've, we've been here uh, almost 40 years now. Wow. And it's in an old railroad depot. It's a beautiful building, all kinds of memorabilia, yeah. and I think you have survived a tragedy or so with the building, right? Yeah, more than once. We had a fire once, and we had COVID last year. We've had other problems, but we've survived everything, and so moving Bill forward. is a survivor. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Very positive individual. Great. Well, I'm really happy to have both of you on right now. And do you want to talk about the Wabash Trace? Uh, yeah, well, a little bit about it. Uh, first, the trail is 63 miles long, and there's about a mile of bridges, and so there's a bridge about every mile or so and it's an old railroad uh right away and it's a beautiful trail tree line mm -hmm. uh it doesn't follow roads very often it grows cross, cross country and through the less hills and beautiful trail mm -hmm. and it cuts across southwest iowa it goes from council bluffs all the way down to blanchard on the missouri line so it uh goes through all the beautiful less hill territory mm -hmm. so a, literally Oops, it's a crushed limestone trail. Awesome. And I was just going to point out that literally it's from Council Bluffs, which is the border of Nebraska, all the way yeah. to the Missouri border. Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's pretty you cool. You can go across and 
the Council Bluffs uh, Omaha Bob Carey Bridge, and then that links also to the Wabash Trace. Awesome. Well, how about giving us a little bit of history on how this went from a place where trains were to now a recreational area? Me first. Go this, ahead, Bill. This is Bill. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bill. So, go ahead. In 1987, uh, Bill and I went to a to a meeting where they were talking about uh, stop or stopping railroad traffic in the area, and so we tried to figure out what we could do with it, and with the help of uh, about a dozen other people and the Iowa Natural Heritage Foundation, and and maybe a year later we had. Uh, come up with uh, this idea of making it a, a hiking, biking trail. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was, we, we like to say we're in the uh, 35th year of a five-year project. <laughs> <laughs> still still working on it. And there's, there's still stuff to go on. You know, everything on that trail is 30-some years old. And so a uh, bridge is starting to wear out and gravel starting to get disappear. And, and that's kind of how we got started. A bunch of volunteers didn't know what we were doing. Awesome. This is also an interesting thing. This is also a rail banked situation in which it is still an active railroad right of way. Mm. And we just purchased the right of way. So it never was truly legally abandoned. We're just using it for an alternate purpose. Oh, interesting. So our, first, uh, our first problem was, uh, was just uh, getting people to live along the trail and own property along the trail to, believe in that it was as good an idea as we thought it was mm-hmm. and uh it worked in most cases so it- yeah, they've, they've come around all of them i think there used to be uh, people that might have been against it at the very beginning and i noticed now they put uh, excess garden produce down by the trail for anybody that wants to take it so, oh excellent total turnaround for these people yeah it was a uh, oh uh it's hard to get us to talk i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> no keep keep uh, going keep going is, we are excited about the trail because we're still excited about it all these years later because it's, it's such a beautiful trail and, and we love to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And That's I had a, I had a blast. Um, you know, the reason we met is we were on the birds and bees ride, which was uh, a ride from a ride with pork belly ventures, which is a great organization. And uh, when you're done with the podcast, maybe check out pork belly ventures online they have all kinds of charter services but they're the ones that were really talking up wabash trace um and we know know the the owners uh the owners the people who run it pete and tammy are of course other founders of the wabash trace nature trail as well ah excellent excellent well i'm glad that they decided to put on a ride on this great trail because i you know have have not experienced it um there was one year Ragbri came through and it was kind of like a secret, you know, instead of taking the route, you could take this beautiful trail. Um, but it was so many years ago, I had forgotten that I was even on it. So this was a, a brand new experience, so to speak. Um, do you guys want to tell us a little bit about some of the towns you go through? Because I had such a blast. Well, Bill? Going down through, of course, the northern end, they have a, a wonderful taco ride every Thursday that goes down to Mineola, mm-hmm. Iowa. And I think that's probably a, a, gained a lot of uh, money for that community uh, because we get to 1,000, maybe even 2,000 riders on a good good Thursday. Wow. And so uh, the little towns such as uh, all go down, down to Malvern. It's a beautiful, artsy community mm-hmm. that's... Uh, 
that's done really a nice job in promoting the trail, promoting arts, wonderful destination. And uh, then you come down to, of course, to Imogene, which is a kind of beautiful, beautiful uh, church, uh, St. Pat's, mm -hmm. in which the uh, marble was, came from, I think, uh, Italy twice or somewhere like yeah, that. Yeah, Lusitania took the first part. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Uh, and then also a great uh, restaurant and bar in that town. And also uh, Silver City, forgot Silver oh, City's up there. Mm -hmm. They've got a neat bike shop there, too. Uh, and then once you leave Shenandoah, there's uh, Coin, and there's a pretty good camping spot down there in Blanchard. But once you leave Shenandoah, there's not a lot of other facilities. So it's, uh, although it's really beautiful because nobody's, not as many people on that part mm -hmm. of the trail, but, but there's really not a, a uh, an anchor at the other end of the trail. At the, at but if you go about five miles south of Shenandoah on the trail, you'll hit the Isaac Walton, which is another facility we happen to wind up buying when the Isaac Walton went to yeah. was defunct. We decided that was a great opportunity and there's a lake there and we allow camping. There's a, a, a nice meeting area you could rent. It's a beautiful yeah. facility. And that, that, that kind of brings up uh, something that I like to talk about is, is since we had such a great uh, volunteer group, when there are other things in, in Shenandoah in the area that needed to be done with volunteers, it was easy to just call up all our friends and volunteers and we could do other projects and mm -hmm. store other places. And, and so it's been really nice to, it's and really nice for the, the, our area that we're able to uh, call on volunteers to do other cleanup projects, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that brings up uh, the next point. I also met Terry when I was on birds and bees ride and he is, I believe also a founding member. Is that true? Correct. Correct. He, was. He, he was there in the beginning and, and his daughter Becca is, is the president now and when we went to that meeting that i told you about the bill and i went to terry went and he brought his two his little baby and his other young daughter uh to that meeting so she's been involved in the trail before she could uh talk <laughs> before she had the choice right <laughs> yeah, yeah right. she had a one of his daughters tina had a great record in that she's always on uh well however old she is she's on two more than she is old if she's like yeah. 30 years old she's like got her 32nd rag ride. Her mother was pregnant with her the first year. Next year, before she was one, they hauled her on some kind of burley, I think. And, yeah, yeah. And so so she's, she's always doing two more than she is old. Oh, that's crazy. Wow. But uh, Terry told a story, or maybe it was Bill told a story about uh, riding one you know, early morning and saw that there was a tree down or a limb down on the trail and decided to, you know, get home and find a chainsaw or some sort of thing to remove the tree. And by the time he got back, Terry had already been there to remove it. So you guys are like yep. on top of it. And you mentioned um, volunteers. Is the entire organization made up of volunteers? Not, the, not anymore. We, we have in the summertime, we have people that we hire and we, we've used other... Uh, Programs like uh, help me out, we had a youth program, some kind of youth program. Mm -hmm. yeah. We got a grant for, and we hired a bunch of young people to so, go out and maintain the trail. So when we we did this trail, and by the way, we we built this trail. We we acquired it and built it for one point eight million dollars. Mm. Half of that was the buying the trail, buying the property. So we did it on a shoestring, but we also raised a hundred thousand dollars for a. Uh, for maintenance and that kind of stuff to be used on into the future. And we keep that money and use that uh, 
interest money for to when we have to hire somebody to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And if somebody wants to um, go on this trail, trace, do we call it a trace or do we call it a trail? Yeah, well, we we I, it's we came up with the word trace as someone in one of our first meetings, and mm-hmm. and the word trace is is a uh, military term, and this trail was used as a military trace or trail between Omaha and uh, and St. Louis, St. Louis. Mm-hmm. and uh, during the Civil War, and they would take uh, uh, military stuff down this, and they at that time they called it a trace. And prior to that, it was a, a used by American Indians and probably before that was used by deer and antelope or whatever but it's so, go back off to the t-rexes that may have yeah, been yeah, they used too. <laughs> but the, so the word trace is a military term that we really fell in love with the term and, and now we notice that a lot of trails are called traces and i think that came from us awesome Ta-da. i love it yeah good job good job good job uh so if somebody wants to get a pass to ride on this trace uh, how do they do so? Well, you have some here, I assume. Yeah, a lot of the bike shops and uh, here at the depot, uh, the actually the permanent address for the Wabash Trace is the depot, so mm. they can get a hold of us here and uh, and or there's boxes along the the trail at some of the opening at some of the places where you get on the trail, and you can do it there. And we just raised that price; it's two dollars a day now. So okay, or you can get a Keep in mind that nobody actually polices it, but on the other side, that's the only source of money we have to maintain the trail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't get any government money; no tax money goes into it. We do so, have our endowment, but still, mm-hmm. we try not to use that if we don't have to. And there, you can also get a uh, uh, year pass, and that's twenty bucks. Or, uh, and that's if you're under twelve or over sixty-five. Or you just don't want to buy one. You don't have to buy one. <laughs> but it's kind of your donation to the trail. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. But, you know, for it's $2. $2 a day, you can bring your $2 bills and yeah. use them there. Yeah. yeah. And for $2, you get beautiful view, lots of shade, uh, these little towns that are, you know, looking to tourism for, um, you know, them to, uh, I don't know, continue on with being a great town. So two bucks, pretty easy. I think a lot of these smaller towns, Imogene size, they might not even be there if not for the trails mm-hmm. because that's about the only thing that uh, holding it together. And they're busy, busy, busy on certain mm-hmm. nights because of the trail during the summer. And, and Mineola, a great example of that where they get, uh, when they get into July, there's a thousand people uh, at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Silver City now has a bike shop and they've had that for a few years now. And it's wouldn't be there without the trip, the Wabash Trace. Yeah, yeah, bed and breakfast, and it's it's uh, it's really a beautiful trail. And I encourage people if they if they like going on trails, this this is not your typical. It's not concrete for one thing. It's crushed limestone, but it gets hard like concrete, and it's uh, you won't see a lot of people on the trail. So you could you might see spend, a lot of wildlife. You mm-hmm. see a lot of wildlife, and but you if you at least when you get past uh, Mineola you may not run into somebody all day uh, during the week. So mm-hmm. it's a beautiful trail to go on if you want to be out there and enjoy nature and uh, and be by yourself. Excellent. And do you all have a website where people can go to learn more about it? Yeah, yep. well, wallbashtrace.org. Mm-hmm. Correct. And a, and a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, 
And I did see on your website, like you said, wabashtrace.org, that it tells you all kinds of stuff about the history, some of the events that take place there. Um, It's a wealth of information for people who want to go check out this trail. Well, we'll have to uh, look that to make sure we're not lying to you about our history. (laughs) Check us. I'm looking, fact check us. I'm looking so right now. I'm looking right now. A lot of fundraisers. They oh, don't yeah. raise a lot of money, but they raise a lot of fun. <laughs> well, we'll I'm lo- if it's not fun, we don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Bill and Bill, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. And uh, I look forward to hearing from people who say they have checked out Wabash Trace after listening to you guys. Yeah, great. Good. Thank you. Thanks, Murph. Thanks to Bill and Bill for some great background on the Wabash Trace. What a great way to generate tourism for small communities. As mentioned, the website is wabashtrace.org. A year-long pass is only 20 bucks, and daily passes are $2. Up next is my interview with Tom, who recently participated in the Birds and Bees ride on the Wabash Trace. Here's Tom. A quick interruption to give a shout out to Primal Wear. Cycling is their passion and apparel is their craft. So if you are in the market for a New Jersey, bibs, mask, or any cycling apparel, go to primalwear.com and use code PRIMALMURF to get 20% off your purchase. Yes, 20%. Now back to the show. All right. Well, on the show today, we have Tom. Hey, Tom, how's it going? Uh, It's going great. Happy to be here. Good, good. Well, I'm really glad that you took the time to be on the show. Um, And listeners, you know, this episode, we're talking about Wabash Trace and also a really cool charter that I was part of called the Birds and Bees Ride with Pork Belly Ventures. Well, when I was on that ride, I met Tom. And we ended up talking a lot about cycling and about adventure. And I was lucky enough to get him to be on the show to tell you guys all about it. So thanks, Tom. Hey, happy to be here and happy to have the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Well, why don't we start out before we get into Wabash Trace and also the Pork Belly Ventures. Will you tell the listeners where you live and maybe what the cycling is like there? Okay. Well, I live in west central Wisconsin. Mm. Chippewa Falls is the name of the of the town. And what cycling's like here, I mean, we've got a great set of paved trails and country roads and you know single track mountain bike trail areas uh, so it in some cases it's uh, a bicycling destination area sure i do encounter people who have come from like uh chicago area or twin cities area uh you know uh, coming to this area for cycling mm-hmm. i'm mostly a road rider so i can't speak too much about the mountain bike trails but in addition to the paved trails are Rural roads are paved with a good mix of hills and flat areas. So I ride a lot in those rural areas. Just south of my house, I can go out on a 20-mile ride and typically maybe only see a dozen cars the whole time. Wow. So traffic isn't a problem. Um, and actually, one thing, one interesting thing I did, I, I mean, I grew up in a small town, Iowa, west of Des Moines. And, you know, to note that uh, rural roads in Iowa are typically gravel roads. Right. Whereas in in uh, this part of the country, they all seem to be paved. So I haven't really gotten into gravel riding because there aren't any gravel roads around. So right, and it, it's that's, a uh, that's uh, kind of different. 
It's quite a treat um, because I experience the same thing you do where I can actually hop on my bike from my front door and be on low traffic or no traffic trails um, within a matter of minutes. So it's a luxury that not everybody has. Um, I know I was interviewing a woman who is into gravel racing and I'm like, so do you have gravel close to you? And she's like, oh, well, it's about, you know, it's about a two hour drive to get there. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't even imagine you know, driving two hours there, two hours back, plus doing a ride. So it's nice to know that you can, you know, do the same. Yep, yep. Well, and I, in this area, I just love the fact that I can just find the variety of routes with little or no traffic and Mm -hmm. whatever kind of terrain I want, uh, just right out my front door. Yeah, I did a, uh, it was a weekend, a weekend charity ride, probably five or six years ago in Wisconsin. And you were right, there were no gravel roads anywhere. And we were way out in rural Timbuktu, um, quite a bit of like rolling hills and elevation. But I was just overwhelmed with how amazing the scenery was, but then also the pavement. Yep, yep. Well, it's uh, the pavement uh, can be rough in some areas, but mm-hmm. uh, I guess rough pavement is for me, preferred to a gravel road. So yes. anyway. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. So speaking of road quality, that brings me to the Wabash Trace. And I know it's not like this all year long, but when we were on the Birds and Bees ride, we were also experiencing some rain. And that was quite an experience to be on that trail, uh, which is not paved. Um, and staying upright because sometimes it was peanut butter texture, sometimes it was wet, sometimes it was sloppy. So, um, and I know that's not normal, so we don't want to sell that the Wabash Trace is always muddy, but what was your experience with the actual quality of the terrain? Well, actually, I I loved it. I mean, I thought the trail was great, mm-hmm. even with the rain. I mean, uh, yeah, sure, there were some soft areas, but um, I mean, that just made it interesting Uh, i mean that first night taco ride in the rain i thought i thought was a blast i mean uh, i guess in spite of my age i still like playing in the mud um (laughs) uh, i mean it was it was maybe a little chilly at times but uh you know just with uh added a garbage bag from the uh taco restaurant as a as a cover yeah Yeah. i um you know there were times when you know you're pedaling along and you could you could feel the mud grabbing the tire mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know, to, making it tougher to pedal. But, um, uh, you know, it, uh, it just kind of added to the adventure, I guess, would be my, would be my, uh, my input on it. I mean, uh, I, I guess I do like riding on paved roads a lot of the time, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I mean, some variety is good too. Right. So, and, you know, I think the trail, even though we did get quite a bit of rain, I, I thought the trail was, actually, you know, drained quite well and was still uh, still rideable, even with uh, a lot of that rain. So I agree. I, I certainly had no complaints there. So I agree. And um, we weren't, you know how, um, you know, springtime, uh, usually you want to avoid trails like that because you don't want to leave a big deep rut from your tire so that when it dries, it's stuck there all spring. And it wasn't doing that. You know, when you look you'd stop for a break or look behind you, it wouldn't, you weren't leaving a big rut. So the guys over at the right. Wabash I mean, there Trace. Was, yeah. So maybe there was some peanut butter texture on top, but it was, it was, you know, it wasn't, it was solid underneath, I guess yep. was, was maybe the, 
key point there. Yep, yep. And to, you know, give the listeners um, who maybe have not seen the Wabash Trace yet, uh, we've already heard from Bill and Bill who gave us a little bit of history about how it came to be and that it's privately owned and that these guys are really good at keeping it up. Um, But also just the quality of the trail. I felt what was nice about it was it was shaded. A lot of the places, the beautiful, you know, canopy of the trees. And I felt like the towns were really evenly spaced. But what were your thoughts? Well, I I guess I agree with your comments. I mean, um, it it is is really nice on these uh, warmer days uh, with sunshine to, uh, to be able to ride in the shade uh, and as I think about it it seems like uh, high 90 percent of the ride is in the shade I'm yeah. trying to think if, if there were anywhere we really were mm-hmm. out uh, I mean I did I did end up uh, riding all the way to the Missouri border which which was fun and I think some of the spots as you get further south there I think is this may be a little bit more out in the open but mm-hmm. uh, seems like to Shenandoah and back from Council Bluffs, a really high percentage of it is is shaded, Mm -hmm. which is which is really nice. Um, Yeah, so I I I I love that aspect of it. I mean, as far as the towns go, um, you know, actually one of the things that I really like about these rides is the, uh, you know, with this organized ride, you know, the involvement of the communities. uh, You know, one of my favorite things about these rides is just the interaction with with the, the local folks, you know, whether it's a bake sale, uh, you know, we, I think on this ride we had a, there was a bake sale from some, um, what, what's the acronym, uh, you know, Future Farmers Group. Oh, um, FFA? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. And, you know, just, uh, just that kind of interaction and mm-hmm. just, just the stories that, uh, that, that you hear and, and can share. Yeah, you know, both with the locals and with the other riders that, you know, that's just something that I, one of the things that really attracts me to these type rides. I mean, this ride, I think there were around 100 people, 100 riders, um, which, you know, it's kind of a nice size because you can basically get to know everybody over right. the course of three or four days if you want. But, uh, yeah, I, I uh, just, that's my favorite thing is, is really the, uh, you know, the interaction with people. I mean, I do enjoy the physical aspect, you know, of uh, of riding, mm-hmm. but uh, the the people interaction is the thing that really makes it special for me. Yeah, and that's really not that far. I mean, Council Bluffs right. to the Missouri border. Uh, I'm sure somebody can tell you exactly how far it is, but um, must only be sixty or seventy miles, right, mm-hmm. on the on the trail. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a great little trail there, and I see why the uh, folks from Pork Belly Ventures uh, have that as as one of their favorites. Yeah, definitely. You know, also, the fact that it's right in their backyard. But uh. right, right. And as far as uh, pass through communities, you know, we don't have to go through all of them. But I know that Malvern really stands out for me because of all the beautiful uh, bike sculptures and art sculptures that just really made that town very bike friendly. In addition to the people, like you mentioned, but any communities that kind of stood out for you. Well, I would I would agree. I think Malvern is, is was my favorite from this list. Um, yeah, I mean they're they're definitely uh, embracing the bike community that's coming through there with mm-hmm. their artwork and their sculptures, and um, you know just so so inviting and so happy to have uh, cyclists mm-hmm. coming 
coming through there. That that certainly was my favorite as well. Yeah, for sure. And for this event, um, it was a, a completely supported event, but I was practicing for an upcoming bike ride. So I was on my steel touring bike with my four panniers and all my junk on my bike. So I was probably not the norm as far as this group of cyclists, but do you want to tell the listeners what bike you were riding? Okay, sure. Uh, the bike I rode was a uh, Trek Crockett 5, mm. which is technically a cyclocross bike. I, I guess I, I call it my gravel bike, but it's it's really cyclocross. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it was really great for this ride. I mean, we already talked about the, the road surface being, uh, you know, a little squishy in some some places, but uh, I had 32 millimeter somewhat knobby tires. Uh, and you know, with this bike, it was, uh, light and fast enough and mm-hmm. with the tires would roll through the squishy spots. So I would say it was a perfect bike for this. Um, I mean, I'm not, I guess I really, uh, I, I'm really impressed with folks who carry all of their gear on their bicycle, but, <laughs> but that's not me. I guess I like to keep it fairly light yeah. and, um, happy to have somebody carrying my gear, yeah. but, uh, yeah, certainly uh, hats off to folks who, like like yourself, who carried all of their stuff on, on the bike. Yeah. But I, I prefer to just keep the bike light. So Definitely. Anyway. And with that said, have you been part of a charter bike ride before this Birds and Bees ride? A quick interruption to tell you this week's podcast is sponsored by Lizard Lips Lip Balm. These great lip balms contain natural ingredients, come in a variety of flavors, and you can choose certified organic or balms with sun protection. Check it out at lizardlips.net. Now back to the show. Uh, yeah, actually, I did the uh, what, what uh, was called the Missouri Double Cross last summer on the Katy Trail. Oh, okay. And just a little bit more information, this was the... This was a ride that Pork Belly Ventures put on last summer, uh, actually the same week as it would have been Ragbri Week. Um, so, I, you know, we all uh, had our way of, I guess, dealing with the pandemic. And mm-hmm. uh, for me, I was very appreciative of Pork Belly Ventures for having having this ride. Uh, you know, and again, I like the physical challenge of riding and the social aspect of, you know, other riders and communities. And, uh, you know, Pete and Tammy and the whole Pork Belly crew are just so great. I mean, they make they make all the riders feel special. That's so, for sure. uh, you know, that that Missouri double cross last summer was a uh, lifesaver for me. You know, I'm I'm planning to do Ragbri this summer mm-hmm. with Pork Belly. It'll be the first time that I'll I'll be doing that. I mean, I've done Ragbri multiple years previously, but uh, you know, I I've done this these charter rides with Pork Belly that are just uh you know, 50 to 100 people, which is certainly kind of a, a special uh, situation. I'm sure Ragbri with Pork Belly supporting over 1,000 people will be different, but, right. um, but I'm man, certainly looking forward to it. They have got it nailed down, though, with, uh, you know, I've talked about this on a previous episode, but Pork Belly Ventures, you know, they bring their own shower trailers, and they have sinks, and they have uh, porta-potties, and they have free coffee in the morning, and you can upgrade your services to have them put a tent up for you and put your air mattress in. And they even go as far as to have semi-trailers that have little cabins in them. So if you really want to sleep in luxury after a bike ride, you can have a bed and air conditioning. And they, they've got it all figured out. I That was definitely my first charter experience. And I, I'm like you. I'll probably be using them again in the future. 
Yep. Well, hats off to Pork Belly Ventures and and Pete and Tammy. Mm-hmm. I, you know, again, I, they do so much for the bike community, not just in Iowa, but all through the Midwest. And I, I'm just a, a big fan. Yeah, yeah. Well, you um, spoke of your bike ride that you did last fall, and then of course Ragbri. But any other bike adventures that you've been part of? Well, of course, Ragbri is my favorite bike adventure. Yeah. I've done that every year since 2014, and I think you heard me say this, but I basically compare all of the rides to Ragbri, which <laughs> isn't necessarily a fair comparison, but right. it's what I do. <laughs> so, uh, beyond that, uh, I, I mean, I also wanted to branch out and do some other state rides. So, actually, just got back from the Oklahoma Freewheel Ride, hmm. uh, which is a ride across Oklahoma, seven days. Uh, I mean, this was a this, this was a fun ride. There were about three hundred riders. Hmm. total uh it was well organized and again good involvement with with the local communities along the way um one of the things that that was on this ride is they had a, a, a optional part of the ride which was to ride up mount scott oh which is uh a, you know a, a mountain it's in the wichita mountains there in oklahoma if you know the area but it was a two and a half mile climb which average with an average eight percent grade max of 13%, uh, probably one of the toughest climbs I've ever done. Um, while I was doing it, I was certainly having second thoughts, but, you know, <laughs> such a great feeling when you're done. Right. So, so so that was fun. And then the other bike adventure I'll mention is uh, I have a daughter who lives in the Geneva, Switzerland area, Ooh. and uh, she, she lives near CERN, which is uh, the European Organization for Nuclear Research. And as a bicycle adventure, actually at my daughter's suggestion, I rode a route that followed the Large Hadron Collider, you know, which is this big uh, 27-kilometer circle. Uh, You know, this thing is buried in the ground like 100 meters Mm -hmm. underground, and then there's like access points around the perimeter. But it's not just a simple circle path you follow. I mean, you're exploring your way around the loop you know, through villages and cow pastures. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, most of this is in French, which is a language that I don't mm. read or speak. Sure. So, uh, you know, it's, it, it, was a, it was a fun adventure. What was, um, it, co- what was it called? Yeah. Uh, the Large Hadron Collider. Oh, uh, I have to look that up. The organization is CERN, C-E-R-N. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, that, that that was fun. That was an adventure. And then you said that you are planning to do Ragbri this year? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll be on Ragbri. Good. Can't wait. Well, I just finished doing the Ragbri. I'm part of the pre-ride inspection team, so I just finished Ragbri last week. We usually do it the first week of June, and I think we're in for a treat this year. I, I just didn't feel like there was a lot of major, major climbs. I mean, of course, it's Iowa, so there's lots of rollers, but um, as long as we have, you know, nice weather and not a lot of rain, I think, well, even if we do have rain, it doesn't matter. I do it anyway, but it's going to be a fun year. Okay, well, I'm really looking forward to it and feel like I'm prepared, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'll probably need up to the last minute uh, to get all of my all of my gear ready, but yeah, yeah. yeah, I can't wait. Cool. Well, before we go, is there any, you know, organizations or nonprofits or bike clubs you're fans of that you want to give a shout out to? Well, I would just give another shout out to Pork Belly Ventures. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a fan. I think uh, again, they they saved my summer by you know doing that bike ride last year when uh, 
there were virtually no other bike rides yes. uh, happening. So, yeah, just a shout-out to Pete and Tammy at Pork Belly Ventures. And for anybody that doesn't know them, you know, go check out their webpage, and uh, I, I highly recommend them. Awesome. And if I happen to run into you in Ragbri and you are picking out a piece of pie, what would you pick? Well, I, I like all kinds of pie, but uh, if I have to choose one, I guess I'm old school. I would go with a piece of apple pie and a scoop of ice cream on it. Yum. And you know the first day of Ragbri is Lamar's, which is the home of Wells Blue Bunny ice cream. So maybe you'll be able to find your pie on the first day. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Tom. Well, it's been my pleasure, and thanks for all you do to support cycling. Well, listeners, that's it for this week. Thank you for tuning in to listen. And a big thanks to Bill, Bill, and Tom for taking the time to talk about the Wabash Trace. Once again, the website is wabashtrace.org. Also, pkbelly.com is the website to find out more about upcoming events, the Pork Belly Venture Support. I highly recommend experiencing the Wabash Trace sometime soon. Email me at morphologypodcast at gmail.com if you have a topic or the name of a cyclist you find interesting. Please visit my Instagram page for daily entertainment and check out my website for all kinds of bike-related stuff. I'll leave you with this quote from the unwritten book of morphology. This quote comes from Doug Donaldson. Your bike is discovery. Your bike is freedom. It doesn't matter where you are. When you're on the saddle, you're taken away. Think about it.